And we are live. How are we doing, Wolfpack Nation? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports, the only student-ran sports podcast here on this beautiful university. I'm your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. How are we doing today, Tyler? Doing good, doing good. A little sick, but... Oh, uh, yeah, you sound sound a little hoarse over there. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit. You got to put your head down and uh, sacrifice for Pack Center, right? Oh, yeah. 224, special day. The Kobe Memorial is today. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great day for pack sports. We have softball, baseball, swimming and diving, men's tennis, women's basketball, men's basketball, giving you guys all the updates you need to know to keep up with pack sports. It's going to be a great one. Thanks for sticking around and we will be right back. And we are back, ready to rock and roll. Let's start off with some softball that has incredibly hard names to pronounce. Not only our <laughs> players, but what we're playing in next tournament as well. But this tournament that just happened last weekend, in the five-game stretch, a lot of softball being played last weekend. Nevada was able to go 3-2 and two in total, putting them at 4-10 and ten on the year. They started this tournament with a game against Utah Valley in which we won 6-2. to two. We were led by Blake Kraft, who went all seven innings, allowing just two runs while striking out eight batters. An absolute monster day from Blake. Ashley Saluza also had a monster day, going 4-4 four for four from the plate with a homer and two ribbies. Wow. Blake and Ashley combining for a monster day for the pack, 6-2 over Utah Valley. After this, we took on St. Mary's. We won that game again, 7-5. to five. The game was very back and forth. A four-run sixth inning for Nevada, though, was just too much to come back from for was too much to come back for the Gales. Ashley Saluza again, Mili Tonzinga, and Sadaria McAllister all tallied two hits with a pair of ribbies in the game. Then we go to Saturday. We started that three-game series with Stanford. We had a double header on Saturday. We dropped the first game 0-7. to We didn't score a single run. And then we dropped the second game as well 2-1. to The second game ended in a walk-off single for the Cardinals in the bottom of the seventh. A very slow day for Nevada offensively as there were only four hits for the pack in each of those two games. Kendall Fritz, nice day in the circle though, going sixth and one-third, allowing only one earned run and only walking one batter as well. Yesterday, in the last game of that five-game tournament, we finished up our three-game miniseries with Stanford, in which we won 8-3, to stealing that from Stanford, who I think was ranked, right? Or at least like getting some votes or something. I think somewhere in that they were. I think yes. we were getting some votes, or Stanford was getting some votes. And uh, so it's good that we stole one from a very, very good Pac-12 team. Lauren Gutierrez also had a nice day at the plate, going 3-for-3 with a home run. We saw four Nevada arms in this one, but getting the dub was Kendall Fritz going three and two-thirds, allowing only one hit for in that span. Up next for Wolfpack Softball is the, here we go, ready for this? Mali Jaime Kipa Aloha Tournament in Hawaii. Wow. Try saying that three times fast. Cannot. No. Oregon State. Seattle, and fellow Mountain West opponent Hawaii is who we will be playing. This runs from this Thursday to Saturday, and we'll be able to recap that 
after it happens like everything. But, um, I mean, pretty good play from softball. I know we only went 3-2. and two. Um, I mean, in our eyes, that's what we were talking about on last week's podcast. It was going to be pretty successful. Uh, our bats were alive. We had a lot of – I mean, we had a couple home runs, a lot of ribbies in the circle too. I mean, Kendall Fritz and the other arms play, uh, pitched really well. I think softball is starting to look on the up and up and stealing one game from a very good Pac-12 team, Stanford. Uh, this is a team that obviously we talked about it started off slow and now we're kind of in we're still still early in the uh, non-mountain west conference um, play but it is you know getting down to the middle of it now and we've had some games under our belt we're four and ten on the year not the start we wanted but they are ultimately looking better and better by each game and uh, how do you think this uh, last weekend went pretty impressive or do you think they they could still uh, show a little bit more I mean, anytime you can go uh, three and two in a you know in a five game stretch in a weekend, that's something you can kind of hang your hat on, especially with the struggles that we've had uh, that softball has had in the beginning of the season. Um, like we say, the bats were alive. Ashley Salza just an incredible, incredible weekend. You know, she's third right now on the team in average. Um, you know, a couple RBIs, a couple home runs this weekend. A uh, really big weekend for her to get that confidence kind of up. Um, and then you see Mele dropping three home runs in the five games that we Crazy. Pay, played uh, this weekend. So amazing offensive performance. And then you have, you know, arms that are giving us good innings. Uh, Blake Kraft went all seven in the Utah Valley game. And then you see Kendall Fritz uh, pick up a couple of dubs this weekend as well. Um, so really nice to see those kind of get going and um, – you know, like we've been saying, it's it's a slow start, but uh, I think this weekend, especially stealing that one from Stanford, like you were saying, is going to be huge for the confidence for this team uh, heading to Hawaii uh, for this nice little tournament that we have uh, going on. Talk about a nice tournament. Playing in Hawaii? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that that's a dream come true, honestly. Playing in Hawaii, having a great time, a little bit of vacation, but hopefully, I mean, we can still put our heads down and get a dub. But uh, Mele, though, like what we were talking about, Three home runs, you said, this past weekend? Yeah. That puts her on four for the year now, and we've only played 14 games. That's unreal. And then we have Sierra Mello, who I don't think to anyone's surprise is leading this team in batting average with a .396 batting average, on-base percentage of .431, but an OPS of .973. Absolutely unreal, and I think they are starting to turn it around, and we will be able to see what happens in that Aloha tournament. I thought it was Aloha, but it's Aloha tournament uh, this upcoming weekend. What do you think that we will see from this softball team? Oregon State's going to be a pretty, pretty nice uh, challenge, but Seattle and Hawaii might be might uh, fare us a little bit better. Do you think we could steal one from Oregon State, or how do you think this weekend's going to go? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Looking at the schedule, we already played Seattle once this season, fell to them in a uh, in a tight contest yeah, in that Louis Mason three, tournament. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully maybe a bounce back game, um, kind of a revenge game for the pack. You know, you normally don't get to see uh, two non conference opponents um, in your non conference schedule, uh, so it's going to be you know good to see in two separate tournaments for them. Uh, two against Oregon State and then two against Hawaii. Those are going to be tougher. I think we can steal one of those two games from each of those kind of mini two-game series that we will play. Um, maybe we steal both at Hawaii. I'm I'm positive. I'm looking up uh, for this tournament. I think we go. I think we go four and two. No, sorry, three and two in the five-game stretch. You know, I think we beat Seattle. I think we come back and beat them. 
um, as that kind of revenge game. And I think we can steal one from Oregon State and then take one from Hawaii as well, um, maybe two from Hawaii. So uh, three and two I think would be another nice outcome, you know, as long as we can keep, you know, stringing together wins uh, and winning more games than we're losing in these tournaments, I think it's going to be um, kind of a positive takeaway for the pack. I couldn't agree more. I think the realistic, like, analysis from this upcoming weekend is 3-2. and two. I would totally agree with that. I think we beat Seattle, and I think we steal one from each Oregon State and Hawaii. Like you said, I, I think that's straight on. But the fan in me says that we go 4-1, and one, we beat Seattle, we steal one from Oregon State, and then we sweep Hawaii. And like we've been saying, I know it's still early in the season. We are only 4-10. and 10. But, I mean, looking at this tournament, and then after this tournament, we have the Wolfpack Classic, and then we are right into Mountain West play. So we do not have that much uh, non-conference schedule left. So these uh, last couple games are really, really important to get that, uh, that standing correct before we go into the Mountain West play. This upcoming weekend, we have one game on Thursday against Oregon State, 5.30, and two on Friday, 2 and 7 p.m., two on Saturday, 2.30 and 5 p.m. So we'll be able to recap that after it happens, but it should be a very, very good week, maybe a repeat week for this Nevada softball team. Now looking ahead to baseball, this past weekend the team traveled back to Oregon to take on the Ducks. We were swept again in the three-game series. We are now 0-6 on this early season. We have yet to get our first dub. Game one took place on Friday, which we lost in a walk-off fashion, kind of just like softball. The walk-off single, 3-2. to two. Not a lot of offense for the pack in this one, only five hits while striking out 10 times. Owen Charts, though, a bright spot in this game, keeping us in this game. Went six innings, allowed only two hits, striking out eight players, tying his career high he set last Friday. Saturday was another pitching duel, ended 3-2 to two again with, fa- uh, with the favor going to the Ducks. Dylan Schramm goes 2-3 two two for three on the day as Wyatt Tilly knocks in the two runs for the Wolfpack in the third inning with his double. Jake Jackson tosses his first quality start of the season for the Wolfpack, going seven innings, allowing only two runs on four hits, so a nice day from Jake. And then Sunday, though, we're looking for that first dub of the season. We lost 9-1. to The Ducks complete the three-game sweep. Score, Oregon scored in their five of their eight offensive innings. O'Malley gets the start going five innings with three strikeouts and five hits allowed. We see Connor Allrad get his first start of the season going three for four in that designated hitter spot. Wyatt Tilly also knocked his fourth ribby of the season for the pack in this game. Next up, the team will play at Piccoli Park for the first time this season as they host Hofstra and Wichita State starting Friday going through Sunday. Now, I know it's early. We've only played six games, but we are now 0-6, and I understand we played some all-right competition. I mean, we probably should have won at least a couple of games against Portland State, but now we play Pac-12 Oregon, who swept us. Um, I know it's early. We brought it back. We talked about this last week. It's a little too early to sound the alarm, but 0-6, um, not really. the bats aren't really coming around like I think we envisioned the bats to start coming around. Um, now is it the time to sound the alarm, and if it's not, why not? 
I think it's getting close. Yeah. I mean, you lose six games. Granted, three of those were to Oregon, who has a pretty decent baseball team, and then Portland State, who we probably should have taken a couple games from. Mm-hmm. I agree with that um, as well. But the bats just aren't there at all. I mean, um, you know, this last series, you know, we see Owen Sharts dealing. We see Jake Jackson dealing. We see O'Malley, you know, having an all right day. Um, you know, so our pitching's there. It's just we can't seem to score runs. I don't know if that's um, we're not getting in scouting reports on the pitches we're facing uh, in these games or if it's just uh, poor execution on the players' part. Um, but, you know, right now it's it's not looking too good. I think it's a little too early to sound the alarm because um, we could always pull it back, you know, with Mountain West play. And, um, you know, these, you know, finally we play uh, a home little tournament against Wichita and Hofstra. But, you know, it's it's not looking good right now. Um, when your leading hitter is averaging 286, yep. um, you know, it's not a good place to be. So uh, I think it's a little too early to sound the alarm. We'll see after this weekend. I think if we, you know, can't take, um, you know, a winning record out of this weekend – I think it's maybe time to sound the alarm and, you know, figure something out. But um, right now I think we just need to execute better on offense because the bats are ice cold like you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, we only have – I mean, that the 286 is a great stat. That's what I was going to bring up. But we only have four players hitting above 200 in the entire team. I mean, granted, the, there's some players that haven't played much. So there's like Connor uh, Allard who's batting 600. But, I mean, other than that, it's like – there's there's guys that are I mean Jalen McLaughlin's batting .091 with 22 at bats right now. That's I mean uh, Kiambu Fentress who was probably the one of the most people we were excited about coming out of Vanderbilt. I mean he's had 15 at bats. He's batting .067. So it's just like these bats are, are ice ice cold, and that is something that obviously has to change if we want to start getting dubs. But there is no way with this much talent on this team, this this stays this way. Like, I'm 100% sure that they're going to switch it around. I just don't know when. Hopefully, it will be this upcoming weekend when we take on Hofstra and Wichita State. Hopefully, get some wins there. But, yeah, just not looking good for pack baseball right now. Like we've been saying, 0-6 and, and just can't get those runs going. The most runs we've scored in a game right now is only four, and that was against – University of Portland, just not doing well, and I don't know. I mean, we can pitch all we want, but cannot win games if our bats aren't going. Friday, 3 p.m., we play Hofstra at University. Saturday, 11 a.m., Hofstra, and then we close out this weekend on Sunday at a uh, noon game. All three games are at home at Piccoli Park, so get out and support this men's baseball, or I'd say just baseball team, and uh, as we hopefully get our first win of the season, hopefully. You see it coming? I see it coming. I see it coming. Yeah, I mean, you, eventually. You think we win, one. Do you think we win two this weekend or just one? Just get that first one out of the way, go one and two on the weekend. Yeah, I think well, we play We play three games. We play three correct? games. We play two, two against Hofstra. Against Hofstra yeah. And then I yeah. think I think we steal both against Hofstra. Wichita State has proven uh, a couple years ago they made a NCAA tournament. Um, you know, they're a decent, they're a decent ball club, right. so that'll be a good test. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we can take two against Hofstra and then go two and one on the weekend. Uh, just get that positive outcome coming out. I'm thinking two and one too. I think we we improved to two and seven on the year, and we got the bulk of our losses behind us. And hopefully the bats 
start turning around. But we will be able to recap all things baseball and softball after they happen. Let's go to some Olympic sports now because there was a big, big tournament this past weekend for swimming and diving. We eventually finished getting silver in the Mountain West Championships that took place. Started last week, went into the weekend. Um, This was something that obviously we have won in the past. We have year in, year out, been high performers in this tournament. And this is kind of the the kind of get-all for Mountain West teams. Like this is you want to come in here, and this is where you want to show out. This is the big tournament of the year. And um, we we did that. We got silver in the Mountain West Championships. We had 1,015.5 points, but San Diego State finished first with 1,436.5 points. To round out the rest of the Mountain West, just real quick, it went Wyoming, the Little Brothers down south, UNLV, Colorado State, Fresno State, Boise State, New Mexico, San Jose State and Air Force to round out the Mountain West in those Mountain West championships for swimming and diving. Just some key performers from the pack, though. Junior Caitlin McHugh took bronze in the 1650-yard freestyle for the second year in a row. Shout out Caitlin. Senior Andressa Cholodoviskis. I think that's how you say it. Sorry, uh, and Andressa, if I if I say your name wrong, that's a hard last name. She was uh, Mountain West Player of the Week too. <laughs> oh well, shout out to Andressa. I'm so sorry I can't pronounce your name. It's really hard. <laughs> Had a career best finish in the 100 free with a silver medal time of 49.35 seconds. So shout out to Andressa. Nevada posted another medal finish in Victoria Samula. The sophomore had a NCAA B cut time of. 2 minutes, 11.44 seconds in the 200 breast to take silver, while our favorite, Donna DiPolo, finished fourth overall with a NCAA B cut time of 2 minutes, 11.58 seconds. 400 free relay that saw the Nevada A team take the bronze medal with a time of 3 minutes, 20.87 seconds. We now wait and see because the season is now technically over, but we are now waiting to see if any of the NCAA B cut times qualify for the national championships in Athens, Georgia. Athens, Georgia. Wow, that is uh, that's going to be impressive if some of the pack were able to make it to the NCAA uh, national championships. But overall, silver's not bad for swimming and diving. Yeah. Shout out to Dust Swimming and Diving, a second place finish. In the Mountain West Championships, I think proving once again that they are one of the top programs on campus. They're one of the best uh, athletic programs here on Nevada's campus, and for, for rightly so. Just shout out to them and uh, doing great things for swimming and diving again. We'll let you guys know if any of our swimmers make the national championships in Georgia, and uh, hopefully they will be able to do some great things over there. Do you think the season was a success, or are we just used to absurdly good seasons you know what i mean like yeah the, the season's still good but it's like oh first would have been nice i think it was a success yeah. i mean we do hold very high standards yes. for swimming and diving and i think kind of unfair on our part to hold them to such high standards though right? yeah yeah i think so just a little bit i mean we are you know like you said the most consistent sport i think on this campus the last you know five six years yeah um, at least going on to a decade now yeah so you know it's it's hard to say that it you know, wasn't a success in my eyes. You know, getting silver is still a very good accomplishment, especially when we finish above 
you know, all these other great schools. And, you know, San Diego State has a little advantage. You know, they're right next to the water. They probably got all the local kids. You know, we live in Nevada. It's cold here. And we ha- and we still perform day in, day out, um, swimming and diving. So big, big ups to swimming and we And we don't even team. have an Olympic-sized pool to practice That's in. That's what I'm so saying. Whatever. We're already whatever. It's all a good. leg it's all down. Good. You know, it's yeah. okay. But yeah. uh, definitely another successful year for swimming and diving. Hopefully we see some of these swimmers uh, get into the NCAA championships in Athens, Georgia. That'd be an awesome sight to see. Um, so we can keep reporting on this, you know, very successful sport. But looking ahead, we now have men's tennis, who mm-hmm. did not so did not do so hot this past weekend. Tyler, how did men's tennis do? Yeah, you know the six and four men's tennis team uh, fell seven nothing at number seventeen Cal. Take that uh, with a grain of salt. Right. Uh, Saturday at the Heflin, or. Hellman yep. Tennis Complex. Uh, the Wolfpack is now six and four on the season, while the Golden Bears improved to five and two. Uh, we have now lost four out of our last five matches, so kind of a little skid going on for the tennis team. Hopefully, they can turn that around. Uh, we did not win a single doubles or singles match the entire day. Uh, you know, the first three pa- players in the Cal lineup are nationally ranked, um, so this team is definitely no joke. Yeah. They are the real deal. Um, but just a disappointing result for the tennis team. Uh, but we look to turn around as we play next week at the Fresno State Bulldog Invitational. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to go up against a nationally ranked team, plus the first three players in that lineup are nationally ranked. So we already were fighting an uphill battle, but uh, there's a lot of season left to play, and now we look ahead to, like you said, the Fresno State Bulldog Invitational, where we should be able to take care of business against Fresno State as we have been able to do in other sports this past season. But now let's get down to the nitty-gritty basketball talk as, man, it just seemed like a blink of an eye ago we were starting the Mountain West season, and Mm -hmm. now we are about to be finishing up when we are heading into the last week of Mountain West play before the Mountain West tournament for both women's and men's basketball. Let's start with women's basketball, though. Saturday, we faced the number one Mountain West team, Fresno State. We lost by 11, 69 to 58. Our four-game winning streak, unfortunately, had to come to an end. Ultimately, though, this was an outcome that we saw coming. We talked about it with Isaiah. We talked about it multiple times. This Fresno State team is on the San Diego State level of being good for the for the women's uh, basketball. And... This was I thought we were gonna honestly get blown out by a little bit more. I mean, eleven yeah. point loss was like whoa, like that was actually kind of impressive. I mean, you look at the entire game, quarters one through three were abysmal. We could not score, we couldn't do anything. I think we were shooting barely above a thirty percent clip from those first three quarters, and then that fourth quarter we shot above fifty percent and kind of brought us back into the game a little bit. Some key performers from the pack, Essence Booker led the team with sixteen points. Not very efficient shooting, though. Six for 19 from the field. Deja Hamilton, who has been on fire as of late, finished with an efficient 15 points. Six for 10 from the field. Very efficient. Over the last three games, she's had nine points, 12 points, and now just on Saturday, 15 points respectively. Like I said, she has come into her own, and this was kind of the – I mean, only if this would have happened a little bit sooner. This was kind of the season that we kind of saw for her – coming into this year, and she's just now starting to put things together and heat up just at the right time. Marguerite Effa, 
the only pack player in the only other player in double digits with 11 points joining Deja and Essence in double digit scoring. Ultimately, we struggled shooting, which has kind of been our recipe th- this past year. 35% for the entire game from the field. And like I said, we didn't really start scoring until the fourth quarter where we shot 53% in that one quarter. Uh, struggled from deep again, 26% from beyond the arc. Deja was the only person to give us a spark from three when she made three of those shots from beyond the arc. Uh, no one else had multiple three-pointers except Deja, so shout out to Deja Hamilton. Uh, again, we struggled with turning the ball over 17 times, but we did have more points off turnovers than the Bulldogs. Um, I mean, pretty impressive game from Fresno when we traveled there on Saturday. Did you think we were going to get blown out a little bit worse? I mean, how did you think the game went on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought it'd be around the 10 to 15 point kind of margin. Um, but like you said, we were down 10 going into the break and then really brought it back in the third quarter. But just a struggling offensive day um, for, you know, mostly everyone on the team. You know, Deja Hamilton is the only pack player shooting above 50% uh, from the field. Um you know, when you have kind of an offensive struggle like that, especially playing a very good team in Fresno State like we did, you know, you're not going to win that battle nine times out of ten. Um, so, you know, not the worst outcome I see, especially with our shooting struggles. Um, I thought it was kind of a positive thing to go on the road and only lose by 11 to, you know, a very talented team when we're not on our best. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it was kind of the outcome we all saw coming. I mean, Fresno State – one loss in Mountain West play. They're twenty three and five now. I mean, they're just on a tear this year, and it's they're going to be a tough team to play in the Mountain West tournament. Um, but right now, it's you know take that with a grain of salt. You know, move ahead as we play. You know, a Wyoming team that's ahead of us in the standings. Right, and I mean we played all right defense. I know you look at their field goal percentage, Fresno State's, and you say forty six percent from the field is pretty good i mean that's not very good defense but then you look at their three-point percentage they went four for 14 from beyond the arc so they obviously scored most of their points inside the paint if we just limit those points from inside the paint and continue to hold them to a very low shooting percentage from three we could have definitely been right back into this one holding them to only 69 points is pretty impressive in my book so you know it's not bad i think that we will be able to learn from this one ultimately win the last two and finish an all right spot for the Mountain West tournament. I think now you're looking for that sixth spot. I don't know if we want to do four and five to play a Fresno State team again, but we are currently sitting in that sixth spot in the Mountain West tournament, the Lady Wolfpack are, and we have two games left. We play, who is that? We play Wyoming, like you said, and then we play... Um, San Diego Diego State State. as well. So San Diego State sits right behind us in the Mountain West standings, and then Wyoming's two ahead of us with a 10-6 and record. They probably have their spot solidified uh, with a first-round bye, but like to get two more before the season ends, and I think that is something that we can do. I think we can beat Wyoming, and I think we can beat San Diego State. How do you think these last two games are going to pan out? Yeah, the Wyoming game is going to be a tough one. I mean, we play them at home. Right. Which is a good thing. Right. Um, but it's going to be a battle. I mean, we can't come out shooting like we did against Fresno State. Or we'll probably see the same result. Um, you know, if we just keep 
you know, playing tough defense, um, having, you know, Essence, you know, score, you know, 15, you know, 20 points. And then I have, you know, Marguerite Deja, uh, Michaela Maya, um, Amani Lacey, you know, those kind of role players step up as well. I could easily see us going to on that stretch, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Wyoming's a good team. Um, we play them at home, and then we have to go on the road and play a uh, San Diego State team who's also very competitive in the Mountain West. Right. Um, so it's going to be tough. I could see us going 1-1. One one. I think we drop the Wyoming game, and then I think we pick up the dub at San Diego State. Um, you know, but it's it could go either way. I could see us going 2-0, and I could see us going 0-2. It's going to be uh, tough games down the stretch, and we'll see – We'll really see what this team's made of. I think we'll go one and one, but I wouldn't count us out against that Wyoming game. I know that one's going to be an uphill battle. Last time we played them, we lost by 24 points, but that was a game where Essence Booker shot three for 11 from the field with only nine points. Deja Hamilton hasn't even remotely thought about doing her run that she's been on as of late. She only scored two points, one for four from the field. It was Marguerite Effa and Dom Phillips that really led our team in that first game against Wyoming. So I, I wouldn't sleep on us playing uh, Wyoming, like I said, or like you said, I, I, I can see us go 2-0 and as well, but I think 1-1 is probably the, uh, the ending that we're going to see to this team's season, and I think we're going to sit in that sixth spot for the Mountain West Tournament, which, like we have been saying, saying that a couple months ago would have been unreal because we were on track for a very, very bad finish in Mountain West play. But like we said, next up is Wyoming. We play them tonight at 6.30 p.m. at home. Senior day, we will be celebrating Marguerite Effa and Sammy. For, I'm blanking on her last name really bad. I think she's a Sparks native, actually. Yeah, she's or a local, Reno, local kid, yeah. Yeah, Reno native. Um, but I blank, totally blanking on her last name. I think it starts with a D. Um, but we will, be, like I said, be celebrating – I'm right. Marguerite Effa and Sammy Dinan? Dinan? Sammy Dinan? Dinan. We'll do Sammy Dinan. And so those two will be graduating and we'll be celebrating them for senior night tonight at 6.30. So get out and support our Lady Wolfpack and we'll be able to recap all things after that game happens. But now, men's basketball. Great game on Saturday. Very, very close game on Saturday as we beat Fresno State 78-76. to We are now 18-10 and on the year, 11-5 and in conference. Fifth win in a row, and that is showing us that we are winning games that we should be winning. All those games have been against teams that have been lower than us in the Mountain West standings. So definitely showing up when we should be showing up and taking care of business when we should be. But... The first thing that jumped out at me at this game was the grit down the stretch. Uh, Fresno State was giving us a run for our money. I think we were down by 10 at one point. And uh, the grit that we showed to come back, and Lawler, shout out to Lawler. I mean, that thing yeah. was rocking the last five minutes. Really gave us the win, in my opinion. And then that ankle-breaking play by Jazz Johnson. <laughs> that Fresno State defender was literally, like, just ice skating. Like, he yeah. had no... No feet under him. It just like looked like he was dancing on the court. So uh, shout out to Jazz Johnson for taking care of business on that play because that was absolutely amazing. But impressive game when we played Fresno State, 78-76, showing us the grit that we wanted to see all year. 
Uh, we were down by one heading to half. How do you think this game played out? Uh, pretty impressive from the pack to pull out this one. Yeah, like you said, down the stretch, we really showed, you know, kind of what we're made of. You know, we had a lot of people, different people step up too. You know, Jalen, it's weird to say that he only dropped 20 points, but he he only dropped 20 right. points. Uh, not a very good night from him for the field, seven from 20. But then you have Lindsey Drew, 15. Jazz Johnson, 15. Nizre Zuzwa off the bench dropping five Ooh. threes. Uh, scoring 19 in 26 six, minutes. Six man of the year, anyone? Oh. Whoa. Is that too hot of a take for a, fun, for a Monday morning, huh? Well, let's get into this. I don't know if it's too hot of a take. I mean, I think, you look at his past couple games. I mean, he has consistently been the spark off the bench that was Jazz Johnson last year. And, you know, you know, coming out the gates, he did struggle, yes. But, you know, in Mountain West play – He's been phenomenal. He's led the team in scoring a couple of games. He dropped that, what was it, 25, 26-point performance um, on the road. The place is escaping me. But, I mean, Nisrae Zuzwa has an argument for sixth man of the year. I could definitely see it. I mean, you look at his past couple games, and they've been unreal. I mean, we starting just with last night, Nisrae, 19 points. The New Mexico game in the pit, he dropped only five points. But the game against UNLV, rivalry game, dropped 12 points. Game before that, dropped 15 points. Game before that, when we took on Air Force, dropped 15 points. I mean, he's steadily been that spark from off the bench. And that's kind of – it is similar to what we saw from Jazz Johnson last year because – I mean, the Twins and Jordan Caroline didn't really struggle much, but when they did struggle, it was Jazz Johnson helping them out. And that's what we're, we're really seeing from Nisrae as he is showing out and helping this team win in really crunch, crunch situations. But against Fresno State, we saw our top four, quote-unquote, uh, really put in work. I mean, Jalen Harris, like you said, only, like that's kind of weird to say, yeah. only 20 points from this game. Lindsey Drew, Jazz Johnson, both with 15 points both finishing 5 from 11 from the field, which is kind of weird. And then Nizre Zuzwa with 19 points. Not much um, contribute, contribute? Contribution. Contribution, yeah. Not much contribution from other pack players. I mean, you see KJ Heim, 0 points. Uh, Kane Milling, 0 points. John Carlos with only 4 points, 1 rebound. Zane Meeks, 3 points, 2 rebounds. So definitely not the uh, night from the pack reserves, but... Took care of business when we needed to. And ultimately, this was offense. This was high-powered offense against high-powered offense. Fresno State, 44% from the field shooting. We finished with 47% shooting. I think it came down to the three-point shooting. I mean, Fresno State lit up the night with 35 threes from beyond the arc, but only made 14 of them, 40% clip. We shot 26 threes and made 11 of them, 42% clip. So a great night from uh, Nevada basketball. And you're looking at the seeding now. Third place, tied with Utah State at 11-5. and five. Boise State's a half a game behind us. Colorado State, half a game behind them, tied with UNLV. The top six teams are really going to come down. It's crazy, but this these last two games for us, this last week of Mountain West play will really tell all on how we are going to finish the year. I think a third or fourth finish is probably where we're going to end up. I don't see Utah State losing their last two games. They play San Jose State tomorrow. 
New Mexico on Saturday. I don't really see them losing those games. The only one I can maybe in the pit on Saturday. Mm, maybe. But, I mean, we've all we, like we've been saying, we know how New Mexico's in playing not very well as of late. And then we have Boise State, who sits one game behind us. And I we believe we we tried to do it before the episode started. We tried to figure out the tiebreaker. We believe that Boise has the tiebreaker against us. So that will not be good if we end up with the same record. They play UNLV on Wednesday at Thomas and Max. So we're hoping for the Little Brothers to take care of business down there, which is weird to say as well. But it's all going to come down to the nitty-gritty. Where do you see us ending up in the Mountain West standings? you think we have a third-place finish, fourth-place finish, hopefully not fifth-place finish because that won't be good. But I'm hoping for third as we uh, look to the end of the season now. Yeah, I'm still hopeful for a third place, but you know, with Boise this close and then playing UNLV and kind of having that tiebreaker, um, I'm kind of seeing more of a fourth place finish. Yeah. Um, I think fifth is almost out of the question at this point. I think um, we take care of business against Wyoming and then the San Diego State game is going to be a tough one. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of leaning toward a fourth place finish at this point just because of all, you know, the other factors that are out of our control, the tiebreakers, the games that we you know can't really control anymore obviously but um yeah so i'm leaning toward more towards a fourth place finish uh for this pack basketball team and what the scenes would be if we upset san diego state and utah state loses to new mexico in the pit both on saturday nights as that would put us in the second place spot drop utah state down to third place Crazier things have happened in college basketball, right? Very true. I mean, a 16 seed beat a one seed a couple years ago, right? So, and this year, especially in college basketball, right? I mean, in other Mountain West news, let's just get into it. SCSU was handed their first loss of the entire season. Not only Mountain West play their entire season, and who else to beat them but the little brothers down south, UNLV? Wow, insane. I mean, Isaiah was giving us crap for saying that UNLV could be Boise. Little did he know that UNLV was going to beat San Diego beat State. San Diego I, and I feel bad throwing him under the bus. He's <laughs> not even here to defend himself. But seriously, like, the, anything can happen in college basketball. Us being San Diego State is not out of the question. But one thing we have seen from San Diego State is if you limit Malachi Flynn, you really limit his night shooting. I mean, if you limit him with 10, 15 points, uh, or, I mean, around 10 points, he they're going to struggle. And that's what happened when they went down to face UNLV. I mean, they they limited Malachi Flynn, and they struggled. You know what? Couldn't be our Mountain West Player of the Year. Imagine your Mountain West Player of the Year losing to UNLV. Wow. Wow. That's a rough one. Yeah, I mean, what, what when we played UNLV, our Mountain West Player of the Year dropped 29 points and 14 rebounds. Should have dropped... 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like that was unreal. He missed that that free, that free throw. throw yeah. God. But anyways, like imagine it couldn't be our Mountain West. Nah, player of the year. never. God, to lose to UNLV. Wow. wow. And they only dropped to fifth too. So a, a fifth ranked. They only dropped to fifth. Yep. I didn't see one, that. Yep. Dropped one spot to fifth, and that makes the number five ranked SDSU team the seventh highest ranked team to come to Nevada and play in Lawler when they play on Saturday. That's going to be a great game. I believe it is all sold out, or if it is not sold out, we only have a couple tickets left. So get your tickets and watch this team. Hopefully give San Diego State their second loss before the season ends. Any last thoughts from you, Tyler, before we wrap up this episode? 
Oh, man. Hopefully baseball keeps, turns yeah, this thing around. That's know? what, I mean, hopefully softball stays on this hot streak. Yeah. We want to see baseball do a little bit better this weekend. I think they're set up for it, you know, playing at home, at Piccoli, you know, yeah. a place they know very, very well. Um, and then just the basketball teams take care of business against Wyoming and I think, you know, set them up nicely for um, some good seating in the Mountain West Tournament. Yeah, and look for an episode either Thursday or Friday going Deep in depth on what's going to happen on Saturday as we take on SDSU. Isaiah will be able to join the show again and we'll be able to take a deep dive into Nevada basketball before their game on Saturday. Thank you guys so much for listening and giving us your time. And like always, let's go pack.